Welcome. Welcome to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast. I am your host, Larissa Troach, here with Cecilia Benford, co-host, offering whole life insights and a unique perspective from two sisters and sisters everywhere. Speaking to the collective sisterhood of women, for all you evolved men out there, welcome. We bring you key success principles for leadership, personal finance, and business to empower you with the tools and strategies to help you live your best life. We invite you to lean in for possibly the best conversation you have had all week. All right, here we are. I have to say it like that because I don't know if you all like me. You know what? February is here. Yes, it is that time again. So the time again is to celebrate Black History Month. But really, it's a reminder that Black history can be brought to you all year round. Corporations do use this month, though, to honor Black History Month to show they are committed to celebrating Black voices and achievements all year long. So I really appreciate I, I do look at some of the emails that I may not would normally look at just to see, you know, what are they saying? What is their platform? What are they committing to? So this is our opportunity, the sisters and sisters, to talk about letting our professional voices be heard for social or diversity issues at our places of business or even outside of our workplaces. Okay, so with that as our backdrop, for those of you who did have decided to pay attention to this month-long focus. I always feel like, you know, maybe this is the first time for someone. So a little bit of history is in order. So Carter, Dr. Carter G. Woodson initiated the steps to observing Black history in 1926, which at that time was observed as Negro Week. Then Kent State University, Ohio, which is where I am, proposed that Black history be celebrated all month long. And that was in 1970. But the week still did not officially kick off for a month of celebrating Black history until President Gerald Ford signed an executive order in 1976, which was in concert um, with the bicentennial celebration. Okay, so had to have some time and you know, better late than never, but that's fitting. So with that, let's get the naysayers out of the word because someone will hear this and say, okay, but many corporations are just giving lip service to diversity, equity and inclusion goals. And that's true, but um, speaking out and having a platform is a choice. So that's why we're gonna talk about letting your voices be heard as we highlight the black experience, okay? So, you know, when you're reading a book or a movie, those that start off dramatically capture your attention right away because they're all about maintaining the momentum, getting you, you know, hooked in and getting you reading. So hopefully two wise statements that I'm going to introduce will cause you to sit up and rethink Black History Month and what role you play. If you're like many, you may be able to cite maybe five to 10 things, historical names or references that are allowed to be taught as a way of celebrating this month. But let's say you forgot everything you ever knew 
And maybe you ask your children, school-age children, what do they learn about this month? Some would say their teacher didn't mention anything. I remember asking that question once and that was the answer I got. I'm like, huh. Okay, so here's the first, I hope you'll sit up. Just, you know, remember this is a podcast. We can only talk so long, but why we must celebrate Black History Month. Everyone wants to be heard, understood and respected. I don't believe anybody would disagree with that statement, but some of us know that um, there are a lot of people who are marginalized and they are not heard or, you know, listened to, okay? Black culture is everywhere and is often appropriated by others. So Larissa, you're in California. I'm in Ohio. What do you think about that statement? I would say like many, I am challenged by that statement because I've been so educated this last couple of years just because I, I generally tend to live, you know, live and let live, but, you know, I do, I mean, it's a fine line for me, cultural appreciation versus cultural appropriation. I mean, where then is the line? And so for me, mm -hmm. I was thinking I have to give myself my own line because I like a lot of things. And um, when I say a lot of things, I mean, that that are from other cultures. And right. for me, me to mm -hmm. incorporate it or utilize it, display it, um, you know, you should see my house. It's got some everybody in here. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it's an appreciation point, but I suppose where the appropriation comes in um, is when it becomes monetized. And that's mm -hmm. what I was thinking because I was reading another article, believe it or not, about a law in Mexico that got passed, say, because of their, you know, the colorful embroidery, like on their blouses, um, the traditional clothing. Well, some major designers are using that. And of course, the indigenous people are not getting any money. And so, again, it's an ongoing conversation with me because I do hear that refer, you know, once it's like that red car, and once you buy a red car, you see it everywhere. Now you hear the word appropriation. So it is everywhere. And, you know, in the news, for example, recently, if you will, <clears throat> comedian Aquafina was being called out for her black scent. Mm. And I, I recognize the way she talked. And I suppose I might have thought that she was talking about black talking like black people this is how naive i am i just thought that's how she talked. so uh, i didn't know it was an act you know uh, so um <clears throat> i mean i don't watch her extensively but i i've seen her in a couple of movies i was not irritated by it it did stand out mm -hmm, um but mm -hmm. you know i'm sure she's also being paid well so i suppose that's an issue and so of course she had to respond on social media that dang gum social media right everyone has right. to flay themselves alive on social media oh, if you don't yeah. it doesn't matter um but same thing you know when i suppose um <clears throat> adele where her um uh bantu knot that was a whole thing you know mm. I, I and of course i didn't know about it until after the fact it's not like i i, I mean i do listen to some of her music but I wouldn't mm -hmm. have seen it. I think she did that in a social setting when she was out and about somewhere. Uh, but of course the media picked up on it and she was accused of appropriation. So again, where does that line, where is it drawn? 
I mean, it's just like, you can't like anything. So mm -hmm. I decided if you're being monetized, excuse me, if you're monetizing this, someone else's culture, then maybe to me, that would be a definition of appropriation. Not that anyone asked, but you kind of have to have things make sense of it in your own head, right? I'm like, what are they fussing about now? Right, um, right. And so I think to me, that is my, that is a Larissa definition for today. Okay. But um, I'm sure there are several examples and it may be not be all that, but I, you know, I like when cultures and people come together and I'm thinking more like physically, I like to see the different people interact, but I don't necessarily have a problem unless you're getting paid and you're not giving, what is it called? The credit to, or you don't acknowledge or whatever, you know, or peel off some dollar bills. Mm -hmm. So then to me, I think that would be appropriation. And that is my two cents. Now, that's not so much a California thing, I suppose, because those were national or right, national I, examples. Sure. But anyway, that's my two and a half cents. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought that was great. I mean, I tend to agree with you wholeheartedly. That's kind of how I feel. I like a lot of different cultures. Uh, contributions. I have appreciation of many things. It's kind of like music. I don't just like so-called black music because first of all there is no black music it comes in so many genres so but i i agree with you so it, it's a tough one it's a tough one but if nothing else i think maybe my thought is there are people the nate the the negative people without putting any labels on anybody there are people who are negative about maybe blacks or they say things but yet there are certainly things they like about Blacks. And so that's why, it's, I think that's why it's a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that, I think that too. Anything, so. Uh, so anyway, back to why we must celebrate Black history. I am not a hero worship in terms of celebrities. What mm. I am though a hero worshiper, if you will, is hero and heroines, people who survive things. The human interest stories of people going through such great tragedy or whatever, that's what makes me sit up and pay attention. So it's kind of like Blacks have survived slavery. They have survived inequity, inequality, Jim Crow, racism. I mean, really and truly, as a group of people, no one has had to go through as much. So the fact that we don't focus on those things, we've Again, we're talking about celebrating or honoring Black history and whatever that is, it's the whole history, which is really American history, okay? So that's one reason. Um, really and truly, what might have many lives been without activism? Okay, when you hear the word activism, you should be thinking about somebody's out there in the public domain, right? Raising their voices to sing and um, it's people joining arm in arm, all colors, uh, people singing, but it really is about the blacks who instituted the song, we shall overcome, we shall live in peace, we shall all be free. Sounds like something to get on board with, right? Another song is the black national anthem. It's, it's subtitled that way. When it was first written, it wasn't subtitled that way, but it has come to me, this song, Lift Every Voice and Sing. 
that in spite of the tragedies that we have found joy now, that was written in 1921. So can you imagine two brothers wrote this in 1921. So uh, when they wrote this, you know, one was uh, one pinned the words and the other, you know, did the music. But the point is in that song, both of those songs still live today, but it's kind of like life. You go through a journey, you go through the downsides, but yet you still have joy. So uh, that's what resonated with me this year. And um, then just to talk about faith at work. So I once taught a class for oh, maybe th about three years, uh, Sunday, Sunday school. It was a small group class and um, not just one book, but um, it, while I was teaching, but it really made a lot of present. It found a home with me because I started looking at my work differently. I was always, you know, put your head down, dig in, do the best I could do. But I started looking at my work differently. And what part of that was how I spoke, how I acted, and how I shared my story, meaning all the things that I did and spoke as a Black woman, as a leader. And so it took on a different meaning for me and that here I have an opportunity to show people something, share something. And I remember once uh, we were having, I don't remember why, oh, I know why. So I was having a big end of the year celebration for uh, getting all of our comp contracts accomplished by the end of the fiscal year. So I was doing a, a party celebration, okay. And, uh, you know, you divvy out the responsibilities and one of the, one of my supervisors was getting the pizzas. And so I think he came to me and said something, or maybe I was kind of getting it down, you know, what, what, what piece are you getting? Because, you know, we have lots of pieces around here, piece of companies, but, and so when he told me, I said, uh, no, we can't use that one. And he looked at me and I said, because of they, what they say in public. So they, they were not, um, um, what they had said publicly. So I gave him the black, <laughs> the black, the black downbeat on that one about, um, well, anyway, so companies that shall be unnamed. And since that time, the CEO has actually been fired, but the things that he had said publicly. And so my supervisor said, oh, I, I did not know that. And he appreciated knowing that. But you know, I didn't have to say anything. I could have just said no and no, uh, you know. And it could have sounded very, well, that sounds like a personal opinion, but I appreciated how he took it. And then another time I was talking to my boss. And so we go through a succession planning every year. Well, for the very few Blacks that I could count on one hand in high leadership, we were, uh, there were so many, what we know today, what we talk about today, microaggressions and unconscious bias, the things that only certain people would get. And when I would go home, it was very depressing because of what I had experienced. It was the whole, here we are again, because it's public, right? And we're talking about every employee, every employee in this particular functional area. 
And so I don't remember what kicked us off. And, but anyway, we were talking about, you know, the people, my people, and I shared something with her about the experience, how I didn't like it and just dreaded dealing with it. And she, and she looked at me and said, really? And so at the end of the day, we, we got together, she said, oh, Cecilia, I see what you mean. She said, I get it. I, I just never looked at this like that. I never, it never occurred to me. So, so faith at work is an action word. And so letting your voice be heard means, you know, sometimes we just don't feel like dealing, but sometimes we need to have the, get the power to stand up, speak for the helpless and the hopeless, okay? So that's why we celebrated, but now this seems not to be very much different, but it is, you know, cause I think I've been kind of, I've already dovetailed into this area, but why we must teach Black History Month. So I'm just gonna yeah. pop on in there for a quick Please. second because I, I, I think it's, I didn't exactly hear you say the words and I just wanna make sure that we say the words is that, um, and celebration of Black history, to me, is a celebration of the contributions that Blacks have made, I'm going to say, for the greater good. It's not just our survival and our coming through the fire onto the other side. It's what we have done to help make society better. So to me, I want to make sure that, you know, it's an acknowledgement and a celebration because of the things, again, to the 10 names that we're taught in school, and mm -hmm. 10 sounds a little bit generous, um, you know, for the few names that we're taught in school, um, but, you know, from the cotton gin to the peanut butter to, um, Just you know, numerous, right, numerous. so for those who don't get it, mm -hmm. and I'm saying those who don't even, probably a good half of us just not even aware. Um, you know, it's when you say the words, or when you say the word black, right, it becomes a different conversation. And then sometimes people shut up their ears. Mm -hmm. So I, I, we're talking about letting your voice be heard, but I want to make sure that we also are talking about the celebration and the reason for the celebration and the acknowledgement. Um, it, you know, black and white or black and brown or white and brown, or I don't know what other terms we're using mm -hmm. today, but mm -hmm. it does not have to be a conflict. Right. And that's the part that I don't understand. And so while I'm still trying to understand why there must be so much conflict, I'm hoping that we can also look at why there must be some celebration. So. No, you cover that greatly. And I, I I did not do an adequate job of that. Um, you know, it's called, you start thinking about things. So kind of going down a rabbit hole, but thank you. And so that is the reason. So celebrating and, and, and in the celebration, it is the teaching. And so right now, for example, at um, locally, our paper, has lots of stories of people, you know, that are doing things that hadn't heard of. Um, again, in Ohio, I learned about, you know, how the NFL got started right here in Ohio, Ohio's contributions. I said, okay, well, that makes sense why we have, you know, the Football Hall of Fame, but 
it's the black contribution, the black first. I uh, read about a lady who is a cannabis. She's the only, I guess there's only one black person who's been getting a license. But the point was, she said, why I shouldn't be a first. This is 2022. I shouldn't be a first. So there, had, there are a lot of firsts. But what we're learning, what I learn and I, I seek out is all the firsts that, are hap that happened years ago that nobody told us about. And the reason, like you said, hey, we built a country. I mean, and I actually did a post somewhere else and part of, I get kind of confused between thinking about how we were gonna talk about this podcast as well as the post, but I know I was in South Carolina last year. I wanted to go to Fort Sumter. A lot of people were like, why would you want to go there? But what I didn't know was what I got from there was how many uh, Blacks, some of the Black contributions to the Civil War, which I learned at a Civil War museum in D.C., that things, again, I didn't even know you had this museum. It was, it was just, you know, thousands of us, right? But these little slave hands, children, built this forward. They had their hands in the brick. Mm. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, and then you have people who deny these things. And but I took pictures because I'm like, if I have a conversation, I'm like, here's a picture. I don't think you can make this up, right? Okay, so we teach to learn, but it's it's not only about learning, but to me, to when you're in an active crisis mode, you usually have to have a conversation about it, right? So to heal our land to address the burning crisis of racism, you have to, there has to be some communication. There has to be some flow of, give us some history to understand. You know, you just can't, oh, it's just gonna happen, right? It is deeply personal national history that requires us to speak out. And this is Black History Month, but you know, things that happen to the Jews, things that happen to Native Americans. I don't know about if any of you have seen, but this story that happened up in Canada and even in Pennsylvania, that really a lot of this kind of came out before. Why has it taken so long to give us the full blow by blow? How, what, what happened to, we know some things that happened to Native American things, but this whole, let's erase their whole identity and make them be something they weren't. So again, this deeply personal national history is, we're talking American history, okay? But we do influence others with our voices and activism, and this is how we bring about change. And I believe um, we encourage one another and build up one another when we do this. And really that's actually right out of the Bible. I mean, for the Bible readers, uh, and those who say, oh, I'm a Bible person, but okay. So that's 1 Thessalonians 5.11 speaks to that. And so you can have a conversation and encourage one another and people go, huh. The corollary to that is when we don't, when we want to shield ourselves and you know, this is even blacks sometimes don't want to deal. They just want to kind of, you know, I don't want to talk about it, okay. But when we don't have a conversation, when we don't want to hear anything, we shield ourselves against 
you know, what we don't understand that just prolongs, you know, the situation. So we are speaking about, you know, this month we, we talked about professionalism. And so I want to kind of, you know, make that connection as well about professionalism. As I mentioned to you, faith at work, uh, what I learned is that it's an action. I know, you know, it's an action word. Usually people kind of think of it spiritually in my head, but it's an action word. It means move, it means do something. And so let's see, last week they had the NFL Man of the Year, which is about, um, um, oh gosh, what's the word? Uh, you have your things people do, uh, they're charities, charities, charities. Okay, so um, it was named after Walter Payton, Man of the Year, and um, who died many years ago, uh, young, um, from Jackson, Mississippi, or maybe played at Jackson, Mississippi. But the real point is the guy who won it, Aaron Whitworth, for those who watched who, um, if you watch football, he was on the winning team, the LA Rams. Actually, he's the oldest football player now, I think, still playing. But he, he was man of the year. And I watched what he had to say, and which I thought was very commendable because he's done a lot. I mean, I was like, oh, my, he's, he's really done a lot. But what he's, he talked about was... Um, about investing your time and your passion and your voice, okay? And so sports is just, I mean, I wouldn't even watch sports if there weren't some good things, other good things about it. And what I do like about the sports that I do watch is that, you know, those that have a platform, they have a voice. What are they doing? Giving back to their communities. I really, really, again, those are my heroes. So. Um, and but and the other thing he said is none of us knows when it's our time or our moment. He said, but your your moment is going to come, and when it's available, you need to be ready. You need to speak out. You need to do something. So I thought that was really great. So, Larissa, we're talking about leaders, and um, there's Dayton School, which is one of the things that I support is gonna have a workshop this week. So tell me, what do you think about this? They're gonna do a workshop on how to do good while doing business. And some of the topics they're gonna discuss are, are gonna address uh, conscience capitalism, uh, benefit corporations and social enterprises. So what do you think about that? I, you know, for me, as I may have mentioned um, at some point in time, my, I don't, I don't understand this whole either or concept. I, be, I believe strongly in and. Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel that in as much as you have the power, I might almost say I feel that there's an obligation to help others. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is an excellent topic and it would kind of seem like it should be taught everywhere. Right. You know, why aren't, you know, people <clears throat> say when people rail, if you will, against capitalism, I don't, capitalism in its purest form, I guess I'll say, is not a bad thing, is what happens when they get to, 
when they take a detour or when it becomes so me-centric. There are so many of us out here that, you know, really just need someone to open a door, someone mm-hmm. to extend a hand, maybe even just someone to say a kind word. Yes, yes. And that's the part that I don't understand why I've said it before that human beings are social creatures, but we do everything we can to push people away. Mm-hmm. And so this concept of using your platform and, you know, if you're a business owner, that is to some degree your platform because you have stepped out and you have stepped up and you are on full display now right. because you are in business. And what are you going to do with that? Right. Is it, it can't all be about the Benjamins, if you will, mm-hmm. because there's so much more to our life and, you know, just turn your head to the left a little bit, turn your head to the right a little bit and see the people around you and how else can you, I'm going to say help, but I can say support your community, support mm-hmm. your fellow human. Um, you know, it comes from the point or, you know, people who are charitable in their personal giving. You can also be charitable in your business giving. Um, so, you know, there are many examples that I cannot name at this point in time, <laughs> but Tom's shoes, for example, you know, you buy one pair of shoes mm-hmm. and they give another pair of shoes away to a mm-hmm. child in need, um, right. you know, the water company. So I think it's, you can make a lot of money and you can still do good things. That's right. So they're not mutually exclusive. So this would be a great topic. Um, so hats off to them for whoever raised the question mm-hmm. and for being able to bring it to fruition. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, no. Okay. He's under the handing of Magnificent. Right, right. So, yeah, I don't know why, like you said, it just seems like it is becoming more of a, a thing now, more so than it has been. And I, I kind of have my own thoughts about why that may be, but you're right, for sure. So, okay, we're talking again about, have, you know, having your voice. And so let's say, um, you know, sometimes there are problems at work that, leave you asking whether you should speak up because there's two things. One, it can be risky business when you do speak up. Speaking up can affect your job. I mean, depending on what it is or people have an issue because you're bringing up something that it's touchy. Like maybe it's the job talent and okay, we need more diversity at work. But it can also be better for the people around you and deepen your relationships with others. So as a professional, we should now, you know, think about it. There's ways to speak out because, you know, this is not really what this is about. But sometimes you can be too passionate. You can come at people in a way they're not comfortable with. And so if you yourself aren't ready, you need to kind of hit the pause button, kind of kind of think about how you want to make the approach, but you do need to speak out, right? And so I think speaking out empowers others um, because that allows them to say, I too can speak out, or it strengthens others to feel like they want to also be that way internally in terms of, you know, you know, their inner strength, their inner beauty, I, I suppose. So there was a, a lady, a, a basketball player, women's basketball team at a college here. And she wanted, she said, I don't want people to know me just as a basketball player. And then, um, and I remember she made a quote 
I don't think you understand your, so she, she's speaking out and she's being brave about it. And people are appreciating her for that, that, you know, they're learning from her. And she said, I don't think you understand your ability or the power of your voice until you see someone else use theirs. Mm -hmm. And so if I was to paraphrase that, it's kind of like, sometimes it is what you're supposed to do. I think to me, that's sort of the end of it. So um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Larissa, but okay. So we're, we're at that time where Louisa and I always give you some action. So just kind of sum up things that we need more teachable moments and um, we need them so that we don't forget. You know, there's a phrase that uh, I've heard recently is lest we forget. So I'm just saying it differently. We need teachable moments so we don't forget. And so we celebrate, we share stories so that we don't forget because we, because when you forget, I mean, things come along or uh, history replays itself. That's, that's another reason we don't want to forget. So we should speak about what we believe in and speak, and speak about it. Okay. And so they're not mutually exclusive, whether you have your platform as a charity, your enterprise, your whatever your career is. I believe speaking out, being upfront, because a lot of what we contribute every month is about making us be the best we can be and growing and becoming. So that speaking out comes with that, okay? Uh, you, as a result, you can increase your market share, you can broaden your network, and you, the more you do, uh, you will find yourself becoming stronger to speak out on what, what is important, you know, on significant matters. So you should take action and follow up on ways that you can enlarge your knowledge. You know, always, you, you want to know what's going on around you, how people think. That's another thing that I've learned in my business. It's not enough to me to just have our goals for the organization and everybody gets behind you. But you know what? There may be some underlying things that you need to know about your people and, and what matters to them, I think is also important. So um, Black History Month is an opportunity to have encounters with a Black American or groups who are different from you. And so be an advocate for black talent in the workplace. That's, I, I for me, that's number one, because, um, well, I was having a conversation with a few people a couple of weeks ago and explaining to them about the glass ceiling that a, a group of people across the board have hit this glass ceiling and how can we break this glass ceiling? Talk about what you have in common. At the end of the day, we all got to buy groceries. We all need a roof over our head and we all care where our children go to school. Because that, that can be touchy sometimes, but we, we, let's talk about what we, we do have in common, which we all have things in common. Ask questions about something that you wondered about. When you're having a close conversation, it's a lot easier than you know, you're standing up in front of a group of people but maybe you wondered about something and you're having a one-on-one -on -one or in a small group. I find that's a great opportunity to ask questions that you wondered about. 
But I will say that that does not include, no, you may not touch my hair. So for yes. teachable moments, the, you heard it here maybe first. That's yeah. not the question that's that you asked. We're talking about other things, okay? So, you know, no. That's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. So that, that's that's for my, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be doing some diversity training and, and that's one, definitely a no-no. So um, most of us have either a spiritual or moral compass. We just don't use it in a public environment. We think that's reserved for Sunday, but guess what? It's for seven days a week. So commit to follow your compass, whatever it's telling you, because it will tell you. It will tell you when to speak out. A lot of time we just don't. All right. Um, visit museums. And right now, you know, COVID started all these virtual events. My goodness, there are more virtual events than I can attend. I get notices all the time. And I, I go pick on not necessarily what I want to hear, but I'm hoping to learn something. So learn about someone or some event. Okay, that's what we want to do, learn something. Okay, so that kind of sums up our let your voice be heard. I hope you feel inspired to do that. I hope you'll take some actions on doing that. So anything you want to add to that? No, I think we talked about the celebration and the acknowledgement aspects of it. We talked about, you know, how we can teach it and why we should teach it, uh, teach black history. But I hope that we have left you with the inspiration to let your voice be heard. That was really what it was, well, twofold. But I mean, there are many times, many opportunities, many ways that you can speak up. And I think these actions are probably worth repeating um, so that I do hope that you will take some serious, um, do pick something from the list, at least, you know, just to, I'm going to say get the conversation started and make the world a warmer place. Right, Holly? Well, as I said in the beginning, I am your host, Larissa Trochwitz, Cecilia Benford, and that is our podcast for today. We invite you to tune in next week because we're going to have our first Voyager interview of the year. I don't know where the time has gone. Seriously. Mm -hmm. But um, social media for the socially awkward. Um, that will be with Diana Morgan. So um, we're looking forward to that interview. We always like when we bring someone else to the conversation, you know, additional perspectives and additional learning moments. So, and also be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss our latest episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you consume your podcast media. And tell a friend. We want you to help um, spread the news um, so everyone can benefit from Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars, Pearls of Wisdoms, if you will. This episode is brought to you by Pink Passport Society, founder Larissa Troach, and Leadership Coaching Mentoring Connections with Cecilia Benford.